Welcome to the Global Australian Podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the Global Australian Network. We're the non-profit organisation committed to strengthening Australia by nurturing a globally connected mindset at home and abroad. One of the ways we do this is by shining a spotlight on the impact of extraordinary global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet 25 game changers recognised in the 2023 Global Australian Awards. These remarkable individuals generously share their stories with us, giving us insight into their international career journey, its highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know the inspiring game changers of 2023. In this episode, you will meet Professor Abelardo Apollo I. David Jr., known to his students as Teacher Archie, who was announced the recipient of the Alumni Award. The Alumni Award recognises the exceptional achievements of international graduates of Australian universities who have used their qualification to forge new pathways in their chosen area of work. Professor Abelardo Apollo I. David Jr. is an occupational therapist and educator who is creating inclusive education and development opportunities for differently abled children across the Philippines. Teacher Archie's goal is for his students to be the primary determinants of their future. In simple terms, can you describe for us what you do? All right, sure. Uh, I am a teacher and an occupational therapist. I founded several organizations that work with children and youth of all abilities and we work towards promoting accessible, quality, and inclusive health, education, and livelihood programs, especially for the most marginalized. I can see you went into occupational therapy as an undergraduate. Did you always see this as um, something you wanted to do? And what, what drew you to occupational therapy? Oh, yes. Um, I actually did occupational therapy as my undergraduate, and I also took my master's in OT in Australia. Even as a child, I loved preparing activities for my younger cousins, and I was the best babysitter ever. <laughs> Since then, I knew that I wanted to work with children, and this led me to become a teacher and an occupational therapist specializing on children. And uh, I just found myself drawn towards differently abled children, seeing that they are the most uh, underprivileged and disadvantaged. Um, I wanted them and their families to have a voice, to be able to uh, be empowered on their own two feet, and to be the primary determinants of their success. And tell us about the day-to-day -day challenges and the highlights of working with differently abled children. Right, when I go to work, I receive news about um, milestones that our students achieve. And that gives me a lot of joy and satisfaction, no matter how simple they may seem uh, to others. Hearing about a child with cerebral palsy with stiffness, being able to hold and lick his ice cream without squishing it. Hearing about a sensory sensitive child with autism, being able to watch his favorite cartoon in the movies 
and a young lady with Down syndrome landing a job serving donuts with the warmest smile really, really gratifies me. And just being able to find opportunities to collaborate with amazing people from different sectors to be able to scale our project up, to, to reach out to many more children, gives me so much uh, gratification. Uh, for me, the birthing pains are both the most challenging and the most gratifying uh, parts of this journey. I, I believe that uh, these are opportunities for us to grow, and uh, these uh, show us that with perseverance, we are able to, great, to achieve greater things. I can see that you've grown your reach of your education services within the Philippines and, and been recognized very much for what you have been able to do. Can you talk about some of the, um, the barriers to growing what you do and, and, and what you would like people to do to support you in your mission to work more and, and to support um, children in what they do? Sure. Um, fresh from my master's in Australia, when I was 21 years old, I came back to the Philippines with very little physical and social capital. Uh, my work was faced with so much skepticism, but that didn't uh, deter me from uh, realizing whatever aspirations I had. My dreams for my students were too grand and too big for me to let go. Um, initially, we really didn't have very clear standards on inclusive and transition education. So I practically had to build programs and curriculum from scratch and uh, not to mention that at that time I really didn't have resources to build the school that I wanted for my students. So I started very small, teaching in the morning, developing the curriculum on weekends, cleaning the school at night, taking inquiries in between classes. I practically had to do everything on my own, but those were among the most uh, gratifying times as well because that's when I realized that my passion in what I do uh, really uh, is what propelled me towards uh, becoming uh, who I am today. And uh, work doesn't feel like work to me at all uh, because I just enjoy what I'm doing and I just feel very grateful that uh, I guess I'm good at what I do as well thanks to the education that I received from University of the Philippines where I graduated from my uh, undergrad and of course uh, University of Queensland where I did my master's. 21 years down the road with a lot of help from stakeholders including Australia Awards which entrusted uh, my organizations with uh, funding to scale our programs up. We've been recognized as uh, best practice, uh, not just locally, but internationally. Uh, most uh, uh, notable, I suppose, is the United Nations Public Service Awards, which we received in 2015. And that is also thanks to all the children, their families, 
the communities, the government agencies, and partners from the private sector who uh, really uh, helped us uh, scaffold uh, all our work into becoming sustainable and quality uh, programs that deliver uh, care to the children that we work with. It sounds like you were qu quite young when you came to Queensland for your master's. Must I, have been only... Nine, I was 20, I think. I was 20. Yeah, right. So tell us a little bit about that experience, what you had to learn and take on board, or, or you know, maybe you sailed through it. Just talk a little bit about that experience of studying in Australia at that time. It was very refreshing for me. I found uh, my professors... Uh, being so casually professional. I mean, they were so approachable and uh, I was uh, actually uh, unsure if uh, uh, I, uh, I should be as casual, if I should refer to them as ma'am and sir, because that's how we call people here. But they wanted themselves to be uh, called by their first name. So uh, for me, that only, uh, that was one, uh, I guess, uh, indication that they regarded me as an equal as well. Somebody who uh, they respect, not just a student, but as a colleague, as a professional. Because at that time, I already was an occupational therapist uh, anyway. So... Um, I was able to pick up a lot of uh, useful philosophies in occupational therapy when I did my master's in Queensland, among which is uh, being client and family-centered. I have uh, really grown to uh, imbibe that philosophy and veer away from the more traditional medical model wherein therapists, doctors, uh, sometimes regard themselves to be as the experts that largely determine the uh, course of a student or a person's, uh, I guess, uh, course towards uh, a better life or well-being. Um, but um, with the client-centered approach, I learned to listen more to my students and their families uh, and uh, also include uh, their priorities, their concerns, their stories as parcel of my clinical thinking process. Uh, while it's important for us to be evidence-based, to use scientific reasoning, we also have to listen to our clients and be pragmatic at the same time. That's one. Another philosophy that I really... Uh, um, consider groundbreaking uh, as an occupational therapist at that time was um, being more occupation-based. As occupational therapist, um, I learned that interventions can be more meaningful to clients if we use activities that are relevant to their day-to-day -day lives, leisure activities, work as the interventions rather than just merely providing what we call readiness activities such as exercises um, 
and in occupational therapy, as we say it, uh, we uh, don't just teach our students to stand or walk, but we teach them to dance. We want to be able to uh, enhance also the quality of life of our students, our clients. I don't really like calling them clients, but the people we work with. So, and coming back to the Philippines, I uh, had the privilege of helping develop our uh, university's master's program in rehabilitation science. And uh, I certainly uh, advocated for a more client-centered and occupation-based approach uh, in uh, uh, our practice here in the Philippines. And I'm very happy to share that uh, uh, people uh, here uh, are more, uh, I guess, uh, uh, in tune with those philosophies and they practice them more. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Australia. Yeah. For Wow, well, that's a huge, um, a huge shift and, and um, oh, yeah. impact that that's had. How does it feel to you to be recognised as a as a game changer um, um, amongst all the students that study in Australia at some point in their life, but to be recognised as a game changer in these Global Australian Awards? Uh, for me, this is a testimony that with an innovative and a collaborative spirit, determination. Uh, one can achieve great things, even with little the little that they have. Uh, this award will certainly open doors for uh, my team and I. Uh, and hopefully, this will um, spotlight the causes and the advocacies that we uh, support. Um, my dream is for uh, this award to uh, be able to help me uh, and my team and my organizations help the Philippines um, from graduating uh, um, from being a passive recipient of uh, knowledge and technology to that of being an active and prolific contributor of uh, new knowledge and technology uh, to promote a more uh, inclusive society for the differently abled. Oh, well, can certainly see that happening. And I wanted to take this chance that we're here um, online together to let you know that um, in within the awards, we recognise three alumni and um, from uh, who have studied in Australia and gone back and are doing fantastic stuff in their own country that and really showing that impact. But the judges were so impressed at... at and, and and moved by what you've been able to do. They said that you were the winner of this alumni award. Sorry, are you telling me? <laughs> I am telling you. <laughs> are you telling me? Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Wow, such an honor. I thought I thought you were like gonna throw a question, a hypothetical like scenario. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Hmm. Well, a surprise. Very humbled, very humbled and honored. Very humbled and honored. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. 
Oh, Archie, um, we, we um, are here to support you in having that impact that you want to have and, and, the, and it was it, some of the comments of the judges was, um, and many of them working within and living within uh, Southeast Asia themselves saying that this, what you're doing, it's, um, it's hard for us to comprehend he, and, and this was, I, I recall one of the judges saying, it's hard for you to recognise how groundbreaking this is, what Archie is doing. And he was, oh. yeah, so I, I yeah, that, that, that culturally you're, you're working within an, an area that you've made a huge difference in a sm small, uh, short period of time. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Very honoured. Uh, just to finish up our conversation um, and the interview portion, um, what advice do you have for others that would like to go into your field? Yeah, change the game and don't let the game change you. Don't be daunted to challenge traditional thinking if it means having the prospect of uh, helping make the world a little bit better. Um, Always reflect, be humble, and acknowledge your limitations. Innovate, work very hard, and don't be afraid to make mistakes because they're an integral ingredient towards greater success. And true failure only happens when you don't learn anything from your mistakes. So work very hard, and as they say, the greatest views are from the steepest climbs. So, um, and as to, to aspiring teachers and occupational therapists, um, just make sure that your heart is in the right place. Um, and however, having a good heart is not enough to be a great teacher or a great occupational therapist. You have to continuously feed your mind and your skills, develop yourself. And once you feel that you have enough, share what you know so that uh, this culture of uh, uh, creating a more inclusive uh, world, especially for differently abled children, will be propagated. Do not stop. Let us not stop until we reach the uh, farthest towns, the far, the farthest flung islands. Uh, and uh, there are ways. There are certainly ways for us to reach these kids, especially in this day of technology. I am the least techie person in the world. Very, very Jurassic when it comes to technology. As Ivani uh, can <laughs> but I have adapted. And you guys are so techie with all of these technology uh, accessible to you, I'm sure you will be able to do even greater things. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more inspiring stories of global Australian game changers, please go to our website, advance.org.